Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Amen, thank you. Amen and amen. Can we give Jesus some praise right now? Praise the Lord. Y'all are too kind to me. I thank you for that, but... God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God and home with family. Amen. Amen. I'm just, I'm just, I'm always grateful when I'm able to minister in where it all started. And I'm so thankful for that. And I thank you to my pastors, Pastor Omar and Pastor Letty. Man, just for allowing me the opportunity to speak to my brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. I'm, you know, it's, it's so great to come back because I just feel so honored and blessed with the pastoral team. They're just uh, catering to me, and I don't deserve that. Uh, the leadership, everybody's saying hello, and just, just saying it's good to see me, but you know what? It's good to see you. Right. It's a blessing to see you, and, and I'm praying tonight that you all receive tonight because, man, it, I, I'm just so privileged and, and grateful to be in God's presence with you tonight. Amen. And um, I want to thank my coworker, Jesus, today. He's sitting right up here in the front. He wanted to come tonight and, and just and just share with me, and I'm so grateful that he came. And you know what? The Holy Spirit led you here, brother. That's why. That's why you're here tonight, and, and God's going to move on your behalf, man. I believe it. Um, I'm just so thankful. I, and I met him last week, and his his kindness, his, 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 his overall demeanor, his humility, man, God brought him to me. Amen. And so I'm, I know God has a plan for your life. I could feel it unfolding already. Amen. And, and I'm blessed. You know the Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Amen. I know at home back in San Antonio, they have a watch party going on. Can you let them know that you hear them or see them? Come on, reclaim. They're having a watch party tonight. And on Wednesday nights, we're fasting this month. And then after prayer, we're breaking the fast. And, and so I know they're eating well tonight. I know it, it's 10 o'clock over there, and I know they're still eating. I usually cut off a little earlier, but they're enjoying it. They're watching tonight, and I'm so grateful to them. I love them. I'm so glad that they support me in everything that I do and what God is doing. It's always a blessing, um, and I just have a list of thank yous, man. Uh, I'm so grateful to my wife, who's always by my side and, and supporting me on this journey of church planning. Man, I'm telling you, when I told her we're going to Texas, she goes, you better be hearing from God, babe. <laughs> You better be hearing from God. And if you are, I will go with you anywhere. And I said, thank you, babe. I love you. I hope I heard from God. I said, Pastor Omar, did I hear from God? <laughs> it was God. It was all God. And, and I want to share a little report today of what God is doing. And God is doing what only he can do. It's you, you can't even put it into words to explain what, what God is doing. And, and, and my, my family back home in, in San Antonio, they just feel it and they're amazed and to see what God is doing. And I gave some pictures to the team, so you'll, they'll put them up there um, as we go along. But it's just a powerful move of God. There's no explanation for it because I couldn't have planned it that way. When Pastor Omar asked me to go out and, and we said yes in, this, in uh, 2019, I just felt we had to leave before 2020. I didn't know why. I just felt, you know what, Pastor, I got to go. And he goes, well, let's, let's hold on. You know, uh, we'll get things in order. But I just felt like we needed to go. And uh, a couple months later, the world went crazy or, or crazier. Uh, they went into a pandemic. Uh, but by the Holy Spirit's leading, we actually launched in October of 2020 in the heart of the pandemic. 
I say that because the world said it didn't make sense. Everybody I was talking to in San Antonio, like, you know, that's crazy because you don't have a ministry, really. It's just you and a few people. And then some people say, you're just selfish because you're going to expose everybody to a lie. Um, but what kind of person are you, they would tell me. They would tell me all these things. Well, what are you doing? You know, just wait, just wait. And I remember what God said through his word where he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. And I said, you know, I feel God moving. And I remember I told God, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself away. I remember singing that song and worshiping God. And I said, my life is no longer my own. If you are a believer in this house, your life is no longer your own. Amen. And I truly meant that when I, said to, when I told God that. I said, I may not understand it. It may be scary. But I know you're leading me in this. And so I'll tell you this. It's not always easy to do it God's way. But here's the thing. If it was easy, you, you would feel like you didn't need him. But because it, he makes a way every time, we realize we need Jesus in our life. And by his grace, he's just blessed the ministry. He's continued to bless it. We see increase uh, in, in the ministry. I see increase in our faith. You trust God more when you see God moving in your life. All of a sudden, he, he really did it. And he's not going to stop. He's just getting started. And I know my, my brother Peter and Maui, Sister Maui, they're about to start their venture. Amen. I said this earlier, but I'm so proud of both of you. I remember when you came to this church, you, you were broken and going through something. But God does what he does and restored you and your family and blessed you back when he started with you. Amen. He's doing it. But just a little bit on, on, on Reclaim San Antonio. We have our own building, praise God. Yeah. I thought that was blessing enough, but God wasn't done there. That building has 100 seats, and they're filling up every Sunday. I mean, we, we even have an overflow. You, you'll see, this is our foyer. We just, we, that was an office space. Can you see that? That was an office space full of offices. And uh, it was carpeted. There was a thin hallway. And I said, we need to prepare for the harvest. So we knocked it all open. And now you'll see as people leave the ministry. Can you put that video of people leaving the sanctuary after a service? Amen. You see what God is doing. We're walking out to service. People in the sanctuary. There's people everywhere. They, we couldn't do that before. Because it was so tight. It was bottlenecked. But we see what God is doing. You know, we have a cry room. We have a children's church. Praise God for the teachers. Amen. God bless you teachers. We need you. Man, I know our teachers back home, I, I know they, they do it every Sunday. They rotate, but I, and I know it gets hard for them, but man, they're so faithful. Uh, we have a cafe. Come on, we have a cafe, uh, just like Mama Church. Amen. We have, we have parking spaces that we thought weren't there until the school next door donated their parking space on Sundays. You see, God just keeps moving. He keeps doing things where I, I couldn't have planned it that way. We tore down walls, and you saw in that picture, to prepare for the harvest. All of a sudden, we, we say, you know, we need to do something for online video. And, and we started changing up our, our, our sanctuary with new lighting and sound equipment. Um, and I don't know if I have to say there, there you go. That's on, that's, on a, that's on a light Sunday. Amen. But God is doing something special. Isn't that crazy to see that? I, I, I'm blown away, and I said, but God. Because he's in it, there's nothing impossible. If God is in it, you can do all things. Amen. We, we had our first wedding. We have another one coming. Amen. Marco and Karen, we have one coming. Amen. No turning back now. Praise God. We had, a, we had our ba a baby dedication. Come on. You know, we're, we're, we're growing the church. We are in a season of harvest. 
And I believe tonight as a church, as a body, we're all in a season of harvest. Amen? Amen. As the world gets crazier and, and evil doesn't hide anymore, the lost, the broken, the desperate, all these people are seeking Jesus. We feel it. We see it. We see what God is doing. And we know the Lord's turn is imminent. There's no more time to waste. You have to live with a sense of urgency right now because we know Jesus is coming back and time is running out. Jesus is calling his people. And we, as a family of God, we want to make sure we don't miss that tonight. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to share a little bit tonight. I, I just know we have people that are in San Antonio. They're still gleaning from Finish the Fight Conference. Man, I'm telling you, if, if you're not still feeling it, I don't know what happened. It was life-changing. It continues to change lives now. I have these guys that are there. They're outreaching by themselves. They're sharing, you know, you need to get ready because we have a conference coming up in a few months. That's the passion they, they took back from the REACH conference. It's powerful how they came to conference. Some of them are new. Some of them came multiple times. But now they're like, we're a part of something bigger than us. Amen. If you're a believer in this place, God has so much for you. Don't miss what he's doing. We are in revival today, amen. And revival starts with you. If you're going something, praise God. You know that God's moving in your life. Because if you weren't going through it, it's because the enemy wasn't bothering you. Life would be comfortable, but God likes us to be out of our comfort zone to trust him through the process. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to go through something tonight, and I really want to talk about the scripture of think about things of heaven. Think about things of heaven. I'm going to read this scripture, and then I'm going to pray. So Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So let me pray. So, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for, for your presence in this house. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you meet us every time. And, Lord, today, Lord, I pray right now, as you know every person in this place, you know what they're going through, you know what they need, you know what they need right now. And today, Lord, Holy Spirit, open our ears and give us hearts to receive tonight. Lord, pour into us like never before. Lord, this night is about you. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give him some praise one more time. I, I hope you never get tired of praising God. Because that's all you're going to be doing in heaven. Amen. And so when we praise God, I know I keep saying, no, we've got to praise God, we've got to praise God. So we, after the 10th time, you were like... Keep praising God, man. Keep doing it. Amen. And think about the things of heaven. I'm telling you, not the things of the earth. And, and I say that because when you do that, you focus on, on heaven. You focus on God, on godly things. And, and I remember telling people that in the beginning, just of my walk. You got to think of God. Think, focus on God. And people will say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. And, and it gets harder and harder as these times get crazier and crazier, you know, with the economy, this fear running rampant. You know, people think, man, I don't know how I'm going to get from today to next. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know where I'm going to work. I don't know all of these things. And they focus on those things, and all they are are distractions. All of those things are distractions when you don't think about the things of heaven. And I read this article one time, it was a science magazine, and it says, focus is the sensation when everything seems crystal clear. You see, when something is full focused, it, it becomes very vivid in front of you, it becomes more clear. 
And so I think about this because colors become more brighter. Your vision seems to shift to a new realm. All of a sudden, you're in a euphoria, so to speak, because you know, you're, you're seeing something crystal, crystal clear. And it's a mystery. Hear me. It's a mystery to scientists why this focused attention improves the perception of incoming sensory stimulation. And there was a study done at Northwestern University where it was a, a team of, of, of scientists and psychologists. They were measuring brain activity because they wanted to study attention and focus and how it alters brain activity. And so what they realized doing this strategy, they began to realize that sustained attention and a focused brain, hear me, makes us process things more effectively, literally making the world come into sharper focus. Listen, the world is doing this to see the world better. How much more should we focus on the things of heaven to see God more? The world already knows the answer to it. If they, want, if they want to see things more clearly, focus on those things. But this is what God says on focus. Isaiah 26.3, it says to fix your eyes on the Lord. It says you will keep in perfect peace all who what? Trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. When you think of the things of heaven, your thoughts are on heaven. Come all of a sudden, the things that you want, what are you looking for in your life? Do you just want peace? You find that within with the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, you're looking for peace in your life. You see, the world is saying, oh, you know what? You got to focus on good things. You got to focus on being positive. And those are not bad things. But when you focus on the realities of heaven and what's set before you, if you're a believer, what the reward is coming. Hang on. Don't get discouraged by the world because the world is going to make you fall down, want to fall down. The world's going to trip you up. The world's going to say, you're not good enough. You made mistakes too much. You can't walk this walk. And, and, and everything that comes against you, whether whatever tragedy or whatever thing comes your way, the first thing we want to do is where are, you, where are you, God? Where are you at, God? Where are you? I don't know if I can do this. I'm going through so much. We hear those things all the time and we shift our focus from heaven and we shift it on the problem. I'm telling you, there's, there's a quote that I've heard. It says, what consumes your mind controls your life. Wow. What's consuming your mind tonight? What are you thinking of tonight? Are you focused on your problems or are you focused on God? I'm telling you, the world says this. There's power in focus and so does the Lord. There's so many things that are written about focus. If you, if you Google it, you will find all these articles on why it's good to focus. Stop being distracted. All those things. If There's studies that show, and bear with me, I'm going somewhere with this. There's studies that show when you direct your thoughts and your focus, do you know your brain actually changes? It changes and shapes toward a contented way of being. Isn't that amazing that the, whatever you focus on, your brain's going to shift to make you feel contented. It actually makes, in studies, it actually makes people more positive, more compassionate, more resilient, kinder, happier, more empowered and confident. It also improves memory. You see those things, when you focus on those things, the power of focus Listen to me, if the world thinks that, if the world's telling us that, they're doing studies on what happens when we shift our focus and think of, and think of positive things, it makes the person more positive and resilient. But the Bible says, think about the things of heaven, yeah. not the things of earth. But why is it so hard to focus? I'm glad you asked. Hold on one second. <laughs> why is it so hard to focus? Because there are distractions everywhere. We know the enemy will use distractions to make us, you know, to distract us. But the truth is, most of the time, we just distract ourselves. 
If I asked you right now, and, I, and, and you know, what's the biggest distraction in your life? And a lot of people will say technology. The more convenient stuff is, the more distracted you'll get. Social media, it's running rampant more than ever. Websites and apps full of news updates, sports updates. Raiders take game one, amen. By one point, they're in first place today. That's on tape. I don't know what play, no, never mind. There's app alerts, there's YouTube, there's church. Listen, why go to a church when you can visit many churches online? Distraction. Hear me. Church online is great, but if that's all a believer does, it will damage your walk. It'll damage your walk. Here's why. Distractions. If you're watching church online at home, if you're, wherever you're watching it on your phone, there will be alerts that pop up. People will call you. People will text you. They'll email you. All these things. And if you're watching it on TV, your phone will distract you. The same thing. Come on. If it distracts you here in church, how much more does it do it at home? You think about that. Distractions. Another thing, isolation. When people stay home and watch church online, they become isolated and they begin to watch more and more online. Now, there's a time for it. When you, if you're feeling sick or you're under the weather, you're traveling with your work, all that happens. But if you start to do that, it, you won't last very long in your faith. Another thing, unhealthy comparisons. There's a big one. Watching and comparing services online. It won't give you the full picture of that ministry. It'll lead to false conclusions and misunderstandings. But I hear this. Oh, pastor, I just love the way he preaches. I get it. Do it after you attend church in person. (laughs) Oh, but you don't understand. God speaks to me through him. Well, let me tell you something. If that's the only way God speaks to you, maybe you should be in church. You think about those things. It's an unhealthy way to create your walk when there's no substance there. It'll lead to criticisms of other pastors, other men of God or women of God. It'll lead to even gossip, sin. Another thing, it's a poor witness for the believer. Come on, is the, witness, is the believer even transformed if they're watching church online? There's a time for it, I get it. But if you forsake in person because you want to go online, there's a problem there. Listen, there are times when you need to spend time alone with God fasting and praying, just spending time with them. But the Bible says, do not neglect the, the gathering of the brethren of the, of, or meeting together. Because it's a way to encourage one another. You won't be encouraged online. You won't be encouraged online. Come on, you tried it. You're on, you're on Facebook, you know, uh, posting all these images of yourself. Do you get encouraged? Get one like, two likes, maybe a thousand likes. I don't know. Here, but don't hear what I'm not saying. Social media and technology in themselves are not bad because they're a way to communicate. Online meetings, and a lot of the world is going to online stuff right now, but they should never replace in-person gatherings of church. You were created to gather to fellowship. That's why when people struggle, I haven't seen them in two months, and they come in, I just don't feel it. Well, I've never seen you. I don't think I'd feel it either if I stay out of church. If I didn't go to connect group, if I didn't go anywhere, whatever event is happening, I would feel disconnected too. Does that make sense? See, we need to connect with people. I think about online and I think, oh man, they just love it. Why? There's no accountability. There's no accountability. There's no relationship building. We're created to be relational. How do you connect with the pastor and your brother and sisters? There's no relationships online. Listen, Church, people who church online, God is calling you. I'm not talking, you guys are all in person, okay? I'm not talking to you. I'm just sharing this because it's on my heart. Building you up. God wants to build you up in ministry, to be rooted in him and your calling. 
But the distractions around will make you busy or will make you want to watch online. All these things happen when we're we're distracted, when we're supposed to focus on the things of heaven. Here's the problem when we lose focus. We start to worry about everything. We start to worry about our problems and our circumstances. Here's the thing. Worry makes them worse. And then we tell other people, hey, I'm going through something, and they agree with you, and you start to feel worse. Worry leads to doubt, and you know, then we start to doubt God, if God is even for us or with us. And then doubt leads to compromise. All these things fold after another, they come after another, and then they become sin. Listen, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Have you heard that? But Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. Come on, I'm telling you this. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to kill your joy, steal your heart, and destroy your faith. So much more happens. When that happens, we become fearful and worrisome and doubtful. But see, listen, God doesn't say he gives us a spirit of fear. And we know this scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What does that mean? God has given us a power to conquer Goliath. He's given us love to to conquer unforgiveness and a sound mind to think about the things of heaven, the realities of heaven. Listen, your situation is temporary. Believe me, as a believer, uh, that doesn't exempt you from things going wrong in your life. But now you have hope. Now when you believe in Jesus, you believe in the one that can and will. You got to focus on him. And, and, and I'm so proud that, you know, I'll, I'll be able to have a, a pastor that I can, that I can come to, or I can call, or, or a leader that I can reach out to. Because if I was all by myself, I'd be miserable. Yes, we have Jesus. And there's times you spend with him. But the thing is, you have to realize when God places you in the ministry, in a church, he's, you're there for a purpose, not to sit and watch and receive, but to serve all for his glory, wow. to serve all for his glory. I'm telling you, when you don't think about the things of heaven and you focus on the things of earth, you'll begin to focus on, 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 on losing your spirituality. You'll start to lose your spirituality when you focus on the things of earth, and I'm going to share a couple things uh, right now. So I just, want, I just want to bring this home because I really feel that as we go into these crazy times, people begin to get more distracted and lose focus on what God is doing. God has blessed you. My brother Peter said, y'all are blessed in here. I, I, it's a blessing to be able to gather in God's presence. But here are the things that will cause you to lose focus spiritually. Money. Sometimes we make bad decisions with our finances. We confuse our needs with our wants, and we get into debt and overspend. Let me read what 1 Timothy chapter 6 says in verse 9 and 10. It says, But people who long to be rich fall in temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. That's the word of God, okay? Money. It's not money that's evil. It's the love of money. The next thing, friends. Oh, pastor, don't say that. I got good friends. Our closest relationships will cause us to make mistakes. Our company will, that we keep will affect our behavior. My pastor uh, says this. My pastor says, show me your friends and I will show you your future. I think he said his mom told him that or something like that. But Proverbs says, the word of God says in 1320, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. That's the instruction right there. Pride. Does that need explanation? Come on, they had a whole month of confusion. Amen. Uh, The world has gone crazy. 
The world has gone crazy. But look what scripture says, James 4, 6. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to what? The humble. I'm telling you, if you continue to worry about people think about you, you try to keep up with others, you can't admit that you're wrong, you're full of pride. Those are the things that will keep you bound. It'll keep you in bondage until you let it go and you give it to God. Come on, let go of the pride and give it to God. Amen. Listen, power will cause you to lose uh, focus spiritually. Let me tell you why. When you're so consumed about being the best, your own desires of power, even in ministry, I want to raise, I don't care what happens to anybody else as long as I get to the top. Proverbs 16.1 says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives us the right answer. He's the one that sets us on the right path. Another one, entitlement. When you think you've earned it, and you think you deserve it, we'll make bad decisions. James 2.1 says, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? If you favor some people over others, we need to think about the things of heaven. Focus on Jesus. I love what these scriptures say. So make notes here. It'll be on the screen here, but I'm going to get to these. And man, I just, I really want to pray tonight. I really want to pray because I know God has something for you, for every one of you. What are you expecting from God tonight? The answer is prayer. Trust God. Think of the things of heaven because his plans for you are for good not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. Proverbs 4.25 says this, look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you, mark out a straight path for your feet, stay on the safe path, don't get sidetracked, keep your feet from following evil. Matthew 6.33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything, not some things, everything you need. 2 Peter 3.13 says, But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth that he has promised, a world full, filled with God's righteousness. You see, when you go through things, trial and circumstances, hear me right now. When you go through things, don't lose your focus. When you go through things, don't become distracted with the things that are wrong, but think of the things of heaven. Amen. Don't get distracted so much so where you stop asking God for help and you start searching on your own. It happens to believers because they feel all of a sudden God's not moving on their behalf. They must try to do it on their own. It happens so easily and so quickly, very discreetly that you don't realize it. If you find yourself worrying more and more about the things of the world, you got to shift your focus. When you're going through things and you're struggling inside and you're just mad at the world, you're mad at your spouse, you're mad at your kids, you're mad at your relatives, you're mad at all these things, you're focused on the world and not the things of heaven. When you're focused on, on your financial situation and you're worried about it, you're focused on that and not heaven. When you're worried about your health and, and I just want to get well and I know somebody I'm praying for, they're not getting well. And all those things you're focusing on the sickness and not the things of heaven. Do you see where I'm going? All of a sudden the enemy will distract you from the things of the world, not the things of heaven. When you shift your focus, what does God say? The word of God says when, when your thoughts are fixed on the one, fixed on the Lord, we all just want peace in our life, but we, we, we try to find it for ourselves in the world. Fix your thoughts in the Lord. Trust him and watch the perfect peace of God come upon you. 
think about the things of heaven. Jesus says this in John 14, 13. He says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. When you don't know Jesus, it's hard to ask him that. When your faith is not him alone, it's hard to ask him that. When you're so focused on, on your job or, or your career or just you and me and all this stuff, you don't focus on the one that can. If you don't do it, why would you do it anytime? Because we start to waver in doubt. Amen. Why is it so hard to have faith? Or why is my, my faith struggling? See, everyone has faith. The question is, what is your faith in? What are you focused on tonight? Where are your thoughts at? What's, what's burdening you right now? Because all God wants you to do is focus on him right now. I know there's people in here right now, you're going through things and you're like, I'm just tired. It might have been hard for you to come tonight. But God wants you to focus on the things of heaven, not the things of earth, not the world. All you have to do is shift your focus it's so simple. If you stay focused on negativity, that's all you'll get. But if you focus on Jesus, you'll get more of him. If you focus on Jesus, you'll get more of him. I'll ask again, and where's your focus? Is it on problems? Is it on money? We say if we only had enough money, things would get better. We should be saying if I had more of Jesus, it'll be better. Right? Is, is it a job? Is it your paycheck? What happens if you lose it? You're so worried about the job, but if you lose it, then what? Who's your provider? The employer or Jesus? Come on, Jehovah Jireh, right there. Is it the hospital or doctor? Is it a diagnosis? Or are you praying for somebody? What if you get sick? What happens uh, if they tell you there's no hope, but you ran to them first and you want them to solve your problems? I'm telling you, God is the first one to run to, to pray, to think about the things of heaven first, not the things of the world. I know it can be scary when you get a diagnosis that's not very favorable, but as a believer, we wait on the good report of the Lord. We believe that God is able. If your faith is in him, trust him. Do you hear me? If your faith is in him, trust him. Not just sometimes, but all the time. Not just some situations, but every situation. Amen. Don't look at your situation Look through it with the eyes of God, with Jesus. Amen. What's your situation? What do you need God to do? What do you need God to do? We already know he's in control. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're going through a situation, I'm going to tell you something. God allowed it. God allowed it. Why did he allow it? Look inside. I know it seems, it's not fair, it's not right, but we know this, that if the devil had his way, you wouldn't be here tonight. The devil would have took you out a long time ago, but God has you here for his purpose and glory. What do you do with that? Do you sit and wait and receive when God tells you to rise up and be used by your calling? Step into your calling. Step into your calling. There's so much, and I'm going to begin to close here. The bigger picture, I want you to see, the, when we go through things, we forget that God's called us. When you go through things, you forget he has a plan for you. The reason he called you is with a plan. He didn't call you just to sit and sit around. You're here in this place that God called you here. By his Holy Spirit, you are here today to be used. And right now, you may be sitting in a chair right now, but God's waiting on you. You might be sitting right now thinking, oh, yeah, when, I, when it, the time is right, I'm going to do it. The time's now. The time is now to respond to God's calling. You already said it. I heard you. Oh, God has a plan for my life. But now that you have a problem, I don't know about it right now. 
I'll let you know when I get past this problem. That type of mindset, maybe God has you in that situation. If that's all you're thinking, the first thing that comes up, you want to run and say, ah, oh, it's not for me. I'm telling you, if you're in a situation, God allowed it, but he can bring you through it. And in fact, he will bring you through it. Amen? You focus on the bigger things of God. Amen? I'm telling you, when you focus on your situation or your problem, you make it bigger. It'll be magnified in your mind. The more you focus on it, the more that worry, like I said, will turn to doubt. And all these things spiral out of control because you're focused on the wrong thing. Think about the things of heaven. When you're going through it, I know it's hard to do, but think about the things of heaven. Think of God's goodness. Think of his grace. Think of his mercy. Think of where you were before, before you met him. And all of a sudden, how much better your life is, but now you're going through it. Don't give up on God. He hasn't given up on you. He still has a plan for your life. He still wants to use you. Amen. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, I know there are times, you know, that, that, uh, that we're going through things or that we see things. Isn't that hard to watch when you're, when you're going through a struggle and you see somebody else blessed? You're like, why can't I get blessed? Isn't that, isn't that frustrating sometimes when you've been just praying, you've been fasting, and all of a sudden, why are they blessed? When am I going to feel my blessing? My brother and sister, you are blessed more than you know. What happens is you need to focus on the one. And the Bible says in Hebrew chapter 12 too, look unto Jesus. When you're going through it, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. I like the way the message Bible says. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish is and with God. That is for you. Don't lose sight of where you're headed. Don't lose sight of that exhilarating finish that is, is and with God. It is with God. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the realities of heaven. Come on, I'm telling you, when something happens, when a man or woman tries, when they decide to focus on God, miracles happen. Miracles happen when you decide to redirect your focus because there's going to be problems in your life that you need to shift from. I'm telling you, when Peter, when Peter focused on Jesus, he walked on water. When David focused on, uh, on the Lord and focused on the Lord, he slayed a giant. Come on. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, when they focused on the Lord, they walked through fire. I'm telling you, these men had no hope left in, their, in others' eyes. Do you realize that? Peter focused on Jesus and walked on water. What happens when he lost focus? He sank. Come on. David, a young teenage boy, focused on the Lord in the name of the heavens. He, he went forward and slayed a giant. That's what your focus will do when you focus on the things of heaven. Think about that. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. My God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to you. They were thinking of the things of heaven when the king wanted, was threatening to destroy them. There will be things in your life. There will be giants in your life. There will be things that come against you that want to destroy you, to knock you down, to make you walk away from the things of heaven. I know on a Wednesday night, you are faithful right now because most believers come on Sunday. But when you come on a Wednesday, you know God can do something in your life. I know God can do something in your life. Listen, when you focus on the Lord, the impossible becomes possible. When you focus on Jesus, he is with you. He is for you. He's not against you. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. Trust him. Don't just say it. Do it. Come on. Don't just say it. Do it. 
When I think about the focusing on God, how much time I have left? I'm going to share a couple more thoughts here. When you focus on God, look through the eyes of Jesus. It reminds me of, of the story of Elisha and his servant, right? They're trapped and surrounded by the Aramean army. What does the servant do when he goes outside? He sees all, this, all, all, all these chariots around him. He's, he's afraid because we're surrounded. He begins to worry. He begins to panic. He begins to freak out. Come on. Sounds like one of us, huh? All these things, are, I'm surrounded right now. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm barely have my neck above water. All these things are going wrong. And he runs to Elisha. We're surrounded. What are we going to do? And I love Elisha's response tonight. He says, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, he went outside. There were troops, there were horses, there were chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried out to Elisha. He said, don't be afraid. He yelled at him with an explanation point. Don't be afraid. Elisha told him, for, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. I'm telling you, when you come to a point in your life, you're frustrated. You're going through things. You feel like you're surrounded. You feel like you can't keep going. You have to pray, Lord, open my eyes. I want to see that there's more for me and not against me. I'm telling you right now. God gives us his word because it says use Jesus as an example for your life. Whose exampleship do you follow? Your brother or sister? You go, oh, they did it. I can do it. Or do you follow Jesus' example? That's the example you need to follow. I'm telling you, church, when you think about the things of heaven, the realities of what's waiting for you, something shifts in your mind. Scientists say when you think of heavenly things, or not heavenly things, if, the, if, you, if you get a sharper image and you focus, your brain shifts. And all of a sudden, that person begins to feel more content. When you can focus, all of a sudden you become more effective in your life. How much more effective will you be when you focus on the realities of heaven? If the world is doing it, how much more should we do it? Focus on Jesus, on the things of heaven. When you do that, when you fix your thoughts in the Lord and look through his eyes, you will see you already have victory. You're fighting for victory when you should be fighting from it. Should I say that again or have you heard it before? You're fighting for, for victory when you should be fighting from it. You already have the victory. You already have the victory. Lord, open the eyes tonight. You will see your victory and you will see you're not alone. You will see when you trust God, when you give him control of your life, he works it out for you. Quit trying to fight God's battles. Quit trying to fight in the physical what God can only do in the spiritual. That's the thing. In our human, our humanity, we want to fix it ourselves, but it's physically impossible. God needs to do it in the spiritual. What that means is think of the realities of heaven. Focus on the things of heaven and pray to God to bring that peace of God. How does it come? By fixing your eyes in the Lord. Fix your thoughts in the Lord. Trust in him. Focus on him. Whatever it takes, get a sharp, close view of Jesus in your life. When you do that, you will see how small your problems really are. See, look, when you worry, it magnifies your problems. When you focus on Jesus, it decreases your problems. All of a sudden, you realize that your God is bigger than what you're going through. Pray that God, pray that God shows you those things. 
the realities of heaven. Don't lose focus because of what you're going through. God's plan doesn't change for your life because your circumstance changed. You have to wait on God. And, 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 and I love what the Bible says because here's the problem. As we go through things in life, we feel, we feel like we can't catch a break. It's one thing after another. Anybody been there? Man, you feel like you're going through it over and over and over. God hasn't answered my prayers. My situation is still the same. We get tired and, and maybe even lose some trust in the Lord. God, I thought you were going to do this, but you haven't done it. You have to remember who God is. You have to remember and patiently wait on his time. Do you hear me? Patiently wait on his time. Hebrews 10, 35 and 6 says this. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. So do not throw away his confident trust in the Lord. This confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Let me read that again. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then, then you will receive all that he has promised you. All that he has promised is by you waiting. Everything coming, everything promised to you. It says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Don't lose your confidence in him. He's still there for you. You may not feel it, but God is moving. Hold on and don't give up. Patient endurance. Come on, sometimes we need to get that laser sharp focus. Pray more. Seek God more. Witness more. Share your faith more. Go out there and watch when the words you speak. Watch it bless somebody. In return, you get blessed. Watch when you work for God what happens to you in return. But when you get bitter and you clam up and you isolate, all of a sudden you're not being effective for the kingdom. But you want to be blessed. Because you clammed up. And then it seems like you're just throwing a tantrum. No, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to go to church today. That's where the enemy wants you. Come on, you don't like to lose, but why would you lose to the enemy? I, I, I say that because I remember, there's so many good stories in the Bible. I love this particular story as I'm, I'm closing now, trust me. My church always says, you always say that, Pastor. I just get so excited. I want to keep sharing. But I love the story of Hannah. It's kind of funny, but it's, it's, it's true. Because Hannah, Hannah's barren. She wants to have a child. And she's so frustrated because she goes to temple and prays that God would bless her with a child. And every time she, she goes and she prays and nothing ever happens, she becomes mocked. She becomes, they laugh at her and, and she's just so frustrated. Some of you probably stopped coming to church if that happened. Coming to pray, nothing happens and, and people mock you. Ah, you're not blessed. But she doesn't give up. In fact, she gets a little angry. She gets a little frustrated because I want my answered prayer. But what does she do? She doesn't stop praying. She prays harder. See, some of us, we need to pray harder. So, so the reality is she was, she was so frustrated. She was so mad. She went, and I, I can imagine her probably going, she's, she's mouthing it out, but no words are coming out. The priest looks at her. Take your wine somewhere else, you drunk. She's like, oh, no. I'm not drinking. I'm praying. Some of us need to pray like that. Have you prayed like that? If you haven't, you need to start. Something happens when you can let go and let God. When you can just pray. Pray 
pray and get loud for the Lord. Lord, I want my blessing. I'm faithful. I'm coming. I need you. I'm doing what you asked. I'm here. I'm, I'm broken, but I'm here. Who gets on their knees for that? Or do you just go, I'm not going to church anymore. Hannah said, no, I'm going and I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to church and getting my blessing. She wasn't going to give up on God. And you know what? God didn't give up on her. God had a plan. He said, get desperate for me and I will give you the desire of your heart. You got to get pressed. Oh, you got to get crazy for the Lord. Let me read you what it says. Just, I want to read it. First Samuel chapter one. This fires me up. First Samuel chapter one. Hannah was so deep in anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. She made this vow. Oh, Lord of heaven's armies, if you look upon me, my sorrow and answer my prayer, give me a son that I will give him back to you. He will be yours for an entire lifetime and as a sign that you have dedicated to the... the you, he, wait, hold on. I will give him back to you. He will be yours for an entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. He seen her lips moving, but hearing no sound. He thought she was been drinking. Must you come here drunk? He demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir. She replied, I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged right now, and I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't, don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. Oh, may the God of Israel grant you your request. Come on, I'm telling you, you get crazy for the Lord. Lord, I need you. I'm in sorrow right now. I'm frustrated right now. I want you more, Lord. When you do that for God, watch him move on your behalf. The priest says, go in peace and may God grant you your request. I'm telling you, some of us need to get crazy for the Lord. You get crazy in the world, I saw you. I saw you get crazy. I saw you how you get radical for the world. But who gets radical for Jesus? Because the Bible says you get radical. All of a sudden, what happened? What happened to Hannah? She got pregnant. She gave birth. I'm telling you, God wasn't finished with her yet because he had, she thought she wasn't blessed. He had a plan for her life. I'm telling you, people of God in here, you may be going through it. It may not feel like God is with you, but he's waiting for you. Will you be faithful in his timing? Because God's timing is perfect. It's not your time. It doesn't feel good. I know it doesn't, but God's plan is perfect. There are things you won't understand until you're in heaven. So I pray you don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing things that are good. Don't give up. Because at the right time, you're going to reap a harvest. What are you sowing tonight? Are you sowing prayers or are you sowing chaos? Because at the right time, you're going to reap a harvest. What are you believing God for? Are you sowing that in prayer? Are you fasting? Are you believing God with the things that only he can do? Are you waiting for you to get stronger? God doesn't need you strong. He needs you on your knees, praying and believing that he's the one that can do it. I'm telling you, I've been there before. I've been there before. I felt like I, I couldn't do it anymore. You ask Pastor Omar a lot of times. I, I remember there were times before I would say, Pastor, I don't know if this is worth it. He said, I believe it, does. it is worth it. And because I went to him, I felt encouraged. 
because I went to somebody else. I didn't fester in my loneliness. I didn't suffer in my silence. Some of you got to stop suffering in silence. You got to share what you're going through. People love you. People care about you. Jesus called you for a purpose. He called you to be here to receive all that he has for you. And the only way you could have received it is you came into his presence. And when you come into his presence, don't walk away unfulfilled. Take all that he has for you. Let the Holy Spirit fill fill you up. Don't leave until you get what you want. Don't leave church because you're mad. Keep going to church and say, I want my miracle. I want my blessing. I know, Lord, you can do it, but I'm going to do my part and seek you. I'm going to seek you. I'm not going to stop. When you can do that, expect the impossible. When you can do that with God and say, God, I know you can. I know your, ti- your timing is perfect. I need you. I need you tonight. Oh, God is so good. Amen. Can I have every head bowed, every eye closed tonight in reverence to God? Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.